The Sacred Changemakers podcast is supported by Coaches Business School, helping the world's most caring coaches build a purpose-driven and profitable business that makes a meaningful impact in our world. Check out their unique frameworks and methods to help you transform and grow your business. Now is the time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs. You can do well in business and do good, and together we can make a meaningful difference. Find out more at coachesbusinessschool.com. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Sacred Changemakers podcast. And today's guest is Frank Wiet de Verd, a Dutchman living in the Netherlands who is passionate about systems-inspired leadership as a mechanism for bringing forward lasting change in organizational life and potentially even creating a ripple for human evolution. Now, Frank is an organizational psychologist. He's a trusted advisor and a coach for leaders, teams, and organizations. And he brings forward a a broad international experience in leadership development, in business innovation, and also cultural transformation to his clients. He's got over 25 years of experience in human resources with Shell. And over his career, he's held assignments in Africa, in Asia, and Europe. And since 2015, he's worked as an independent leadership consultant and coach, guided by the belief that great leadership is key for a better and more conscious and sustainable world. He is the first author of the best-selling book, Systems Inspired Leadership, that came out in 2021. And he's also co-author of the Dutch book uh, called Leading Innovation. Now, in our conversation today, Frank shared his wisdom of the interrelatedness of life, of how the relational field impacts us and how once we can understand the systems that we live within, not just as a thing, but as a living organism, everything shifts. And I love how he invites us into the holistic perspective and and takes a, a longer term view kind of expanding our own horizons for change and what it is that is and might be possible for us. We talked about the challenges leaders face today and how we can navigate the complexity and fast pace of change that's currently underway and we're all experiencing. And, you know, some of us are struggling to navigate this well. So if you thought systems-inspired leadership is just another leadership fad, I want you to think again, because it's empathic, it's relational, and it's utterly human in its approach. And as Frank describes, you know, when he works with clients in organizations, the first thing that many of his clients feel when doing this work with him is relief. And can't we all do with a little bit of that right now? (laughs) So if you are a leader or you work with leaders, then I think you're going to gain a lot of insights from Frank's wisdom. This is a valuable conversation and one I think we can all learn from. So our conversation today is called Systems Inspired Leadership, Engaging in the Unknown. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Frank. Hey, Frank, welcome to the Sacred Changemakers podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, great, and great to see you, Jane. Wonderful. Yes, you too. Well, I'm I'm really thrilled to get you onto the podcast mm. to talk about your work in the world because I know it's so valuable. Now, our our audience have just heard your professional bio, so I'd love to kind of get a sense of, in your own words, 
Who's the real life human behind the bio? Who's he? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. And and that's a look, you're asking me to look inside and, and there are many <laughs> things coming up, yeah? So certainly a husband is one important piece. Uh, I'm a father as well of, of two. And actually the children have more or less left home uh, uh, recently. So, so we're also going through a, a big uh, transition. Um, I'm so much more. I'm also uh, the, the author of a book. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a coach. Uh, I'm a psychologist. Uh, but if you really, uh, if I reflect on what's really driving me is, I think I want to be wise or so. Or that's what I was very clear for me when I was young, uh, Jane. I thought, let's find out about life early. Uh, I, I should not find it out when I'm 80 or 90. But I'm still... Working on it, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd love to ask you, I mean, what does wise mean to you? You know, yeah. because there's a lot of talk in the world at the moment around, you know, shifting from knowledge to wisdom. But what does that mean to you, being yeah. wise? Now, certainly when I was young, it, it was really understanding life. Uh, so how it would work. But it's amazingly complex, of course. And uh, I, I've been through so many things. And I did so many things. Uh, I studied psychology, worked as an executive in, in, a, in, a, in a big company, now as a coach, lived in many countries. But what I find intriguing is that there's so much to learn and there's so many uh, uh, life phases and it continues going. But a short definition of wisdom would be moving from short term to the long term. So mm -hmm. seeing something with a wider horizon and also moving away from your own interest, really taking into account the needs of others, optimizing the whole. That would be my textbook definition, yeah. <laughs> but it's obviously just words, yeah. <laughs> it's fabulous, though, to hear you, because as you're talking there, I'm kind of getting a sense of why your career has gone in the direction it has. So, you know, kind of take us along your life journey a little bit and and let us know, like, how have you got to this place where you are today, where you're doing this incredible work around systems-inspired leadership and helping mm. leaders engage with the unknown? Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I think, like I said, I, I wanted to to be wise, or at least to understand, not to find out too late. And my biggest secret or dream has been to become a writer, actually a writer of novels. Um, now, you will never see me featuring <laughs> yet. So. That is something I was too scared for in a way. And I, I've written a book this year, so I will, I will come back to it. But, but there is something around being a writer that I, I did not dare to do that. Uh, and, and that may be a sign of the time. It was around the 70s and the 80s uh, where that was less, less, less. Yeah, was, there was also a lot of unemployment and all those things. But I certainly had the guts to choose psychology as a study. I could have done physics, yeah, and or engineering. The world would have been open for me. Uh, but I, I really felt following my heart. And uh, the psychology study was nice and beautiful and interesting. But I, I studied most philosophy. You will never see that in any of the things I did because I had this really drive to, to, to understand. Um, you see, psychology is basically really faced with the difficulty how to make it a science. 
Mm-hmm. How to, but, and it's not a natural science. So, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it, there are not no laws. The moment you become aware of laws, you can change them. So for me, there was a bit of frustration around that. Um, and th- then I, I thought, let's do psychology, yes, and make it also practical. So I chose organizational psychology. And then I uh, I got uh, I got in an HR job in, in Shell. That's quite a, a, a reputable organization here in the Netherlands where I'm based. And uh, for me, it was also stretching me to something that may not be immediately me. Because I, I think I could survive in a, in a room of two by four meters, yeah? Just being in my inner world, reading, thinking, writing, uh, making a walk, a casual walk. But that really took me in the big, big world. And the marriage between me and Shell was actually more powerful than I may have expected. There was a lot of things I liked about Shell. I think the, the, the humanness that is there in the organization, there's a lot of people focus. There's also a lot of... Uh, appreciation for complexity and for the long term yeah so so a lot of things that jived well with me and they gave me a wonderful career they brought me to yeah to to gabon i lived three years in the jungle uh i, I lived in malaysia uh and uh, i i lived in belgium but belgium is close to the netherlands but a very different country mm-hmm. also doing a european role also many years in the uk that this familiar country for you, there are ch- children who were born. Is it still okay that I go like this? Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> I, I think one thing that that I remember in early two thousand, I was working in London with Shell Chemicals, and there there was a lot of coaching going on. So there were apparently people who were helping these senior leaders to to to, to help them to perform better and. And I remember how attracted I was to that, but that I also dismissed it for myself. Oh, I will never be able to do it. And and it's interesting. It's a kind of flirt, yeah? So you know you're attracted to it. And now I feel very competent doing that. So that may be the first step towards moving more to a coaching approach. Um, And I was being coached in, I think, 2007 or so. And that really was so life-changing for me um and 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 if you think look at it to hear the story from from a distance you think yeah everyone would know but it was very really about self-care yeah looking after what 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 giving me energy and i I really discovered that something like coaching is very much to my near to my nature Mm. Uh, listening helping uh, helping people and also uh, growing myself and that made me to the coaching path yeah yeah um, and, and 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 there also from the coaching the book came because uh, the coaching approach that i really like and, and do a lot of work for organization relationship system coaching uh, yeah that is so applicable for leaders. So I had really this urge to see how it can be applied for leaders. And, and that's where, where Systems Inspired Leadership was born. Right. I love the long it. answer. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. But it's fascinating because we now get a sense of you and what's driving mm. you. And, you know, like you say, flirting with coaching and, you know, that whole kind of journey of how your life has led you to where you are today. And so, you know, 
in our audience, we do have a lot of executive coaches, leaders and stuff. So I'd love you to kind of define for us, what what do you mean by systems-inspired leadership? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, do you want the short or the long answer? Yeah, maybe the short. <laughs> Whichever. <laughs> the, 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 the thing I, I want to start with is notice that there are two words before leadership, yeah? Mm-hmm. Systems-inspired leadership. And if you reflect, any books has something about leadership. It's conscious leadership, servant leadership, and or purposeful leadership, and this is then systems-inspired leadership. So, so a question could be to you, Jane. So, so what's the current leadership then? Uh, and, and then I will tell you more about systems-inspired leadership. How, what, what would be the objective you give for the current leadership? Mm. It's interesting because for me, I think there's so many threads that go into leadership. And one of the things that always stands out for me whenever I'm working with a leader is is the very notion that leadership is relational. And not, you know, we don't normally use that language around it, but of course it is. So to me, it's about the connections in between. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean about the invisible. How how do we show up? So, of course, it's inside out for me. It starts internally with who we're being and who we're becoming and, and kind of our own internal drivers and belief systems. But then those things get projected out into the world in our relationships and in our leadership. And right now, when I look out into the world, I see leaders floundering because there is no recipe to follow these days. You can't just say step one to step 10, off you go. It's really about things like empowerment. It's about like care, like which business school teaches leaders how to be like nice, kind people and care about their others, right? It just doesn't come into the curriculum of an MBA and yet it's most important. And then today, you know, just like our title says, how do we, stay confident as leaders, and yet at the same time, help our people to perform at their best and inspire leadership within them while embracing the unknown that we're all dealing with moment by moment today. So that's kind of what I would say, but there's a lot coming in. And to me, the invisible is what's running the show. And that's where I think systems inspired leadership comes in. <laughs> no, yeah, I think uh, your your description is very close to what it is. Yeah. So uh, right. for me, you put forward the relationship piece. For me, that's yeah. very much in the word system. Yeah. But for me, the, the leadership is around creating a new and better future. That's the right. key thing. And traditionally, it was done by leaders who invented it and then also people follow towards it and and that's much more difficult now in a world that has become so 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 extremely complex and fast changing so there's a different yeah you call it recipe a recipe needed a different approach and that is really to make leadership a role of the system so really tapping the knowledge of everyone and, and, and then indeed, like you say, that's the systems piece. It is about this invisible web of connection mm. to really restore the connections. The stronger the web of connection is, the easier the information can flow and the more the wisdom can be tapped. And the systems piece comes in. And I think that may be more difficult for, for people is that this system is a living organism as well. It's an entity. The moment you start assuming that, and yeah, 
there's an invitation for people to start doing it. So if this entity is a living organism, what does it want to go? What does it want? What are its needs? How does it want to express its potential? And tapping into that, creating intelligence around that, like emotional, social, but then also systems intelligence, that will help us to move forward in a much more natural way, but also in a much more accelerated way. And that's for me the essence of uh, of, of, of systems-inspired leadership. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's leading and creating from the system and also trusting that the answer is already there. So do you work with people? So I, 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 I've heard everything you said and what's bubbling up for me as you're talking is, of course, as leaders, we're not only living within systems that are structured and alive today, that's part of it, but we're also tasked sometimes with creating and innovating the systems. So like, how do you walk leaders through that? Because for me, you know, and when I think back to some of my clients, there's there's a leap in almost in mindset for them to understand the, the holism, let's call it that way, the whole, and the integration of the ecosystem between people and things, <laughs> which can sometimes seem very intangible to people. And, and I just wonder how you walk people into that space. Yeah. And again, that, that is a bit of the of the of the, the recipe piece. And uh, I think what I'm proud of, what we are proud of, the, the book is written together with Marita Frijon. Uh, so it's very practical. So it, it tells you a lot of how to do the how to, the doing is really informing how you are in the end. So it's also a, a, a pathway to the being. But for me, the first thing is the invitation for people to see a system as a living organism, mm. as seeing, hearing, and sensing the system. And, and, and a, a living organism, the, the system cannot talk. It can only talk through its, its, its participants, its members, yeah? So every contribution is a voice of the system. And, and to start seeing that as a leader. And in particular, there is the sensing the system is maybe one of the revolutionary insights, yeah? So to really become more aware of the energy that is in a system. So for example, when things become silent. Mm -hmm. So apparently it was difficult. There's something difficult. Then you know there is something that the system is maybe attracted to, like I was for coaching, but it's also scary. So sensing the system is one uh, way to, to do it. And in particular, it's this unconscious footprint of what's trying to happen in a system. And let me repeat that, what's trying to happen in a system. We hold that the system is intelligent, it wants to express its potential if it's allowed to do. Can we listen to that? Can we hear hear that? And then and can we sense where it's difficult and then help a system to move through? So that's the subtle variation, uh, uh, Jane. Can I add one more? Mm, please do. Yeah. So that is really working with conflict. Mm. So everyone adores diversity, isn't it? Everyone wants diversity, but no one wants the tensions it creates uh, in between. But, but ultimately, 
conflict or let's say the tensions that are existing in a in a in a system they are an invitation or an insight that there's something better than the as is mm -hmm. so how to really deal well with conflict such that it becomes productive rather than toxic and uh, and that's a big big skill how to work with that intelligently so if a leader can do that seeing hearing sensing the system then also skillfully work with conflict then it will help the system to where it wants to go and it may be different than you initially thought mm. so as you're talking there i know like as you were saying that a leader kind of senses the system and no doubt they use their five senses to do that but I'm also getting the sense that intuition like gut feelings are a part of this is that what you mean by a leader sensing the system uh yes and no yeah so so let's okay. put on talk about the intuition so so another big competency is right. revealing system to itself so that's mirroring, seeing what what you have noticed. Hey, I noticed that we move away from this topic, or I noticed this may be difficult. And the moment you start doing that, there will be more silence, or there will be something happening. And, and it's that moment in time that new insights will be emerging. You see the, the process of intuition is being facilitated here by slowing down. Mm. And by, by taking a pause, no, what's happening? What's trying to happen here? And that really addresses the, the, the intuition. And you're really right, Jane. It's such an important uh, part of it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and, and I, I personally find it the, the recipe for magic. If, 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 if this is going well, this conversation, you co-create something together, which is so much more than... An individual could do, or or what you thought you could do. It's it's really amazing. So uh, and 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 people have experiences of it. So it is replicable. And why is it so important today when you look out at leadership and and you know organizational life? Why is this something that you know people need to pay attention to? Now, what what I referred to before that that it's the world is becoming so complex and they're so fast changing that that what's our north star where do we need to go where do i need to go where does this organization need to go and what you then see is people uh, easily uh, step into you see that in the world in hey, a leader a big leader says this is the way to go and uh, and and in ultimately it creates a lot of polarization and it's a lot of yeah there's so many negative impacts negative impacts on, 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 on our relationship with nature. I take also the climate, our relationship with other people, many poor people, many people that need to fly out of there uh, of, of fleeing. But also, there's also a huge amount of, uh, of, of depression and suicide. Mm. So, so there's a lot not going well. And, and, and this can help to, yeah, to, 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 to give another gateway for for both people, for our society, for, for mankind to evolve. Mm. It's, it's very interesting. <laughs> it's an interesting lens because as you're talking, like I'm kind of, sorry, it sounds weird, but I'm dropping the lens of like systems inspired leadership in, kind of in front and I'm listening to you through that lens. And mm. what what's occurring to me as I'm listening is, you know, 
it's absolutely right that it's systems inspired leadership, which is plural and not just system. Because of course, as I was listening to you then, I was thinking, wow, like which system do we pay attention to? Because we obviously live in nested systems that go from, of course, the global right the way down to the individual, because of course, I'm a system, <laughs> right, in my own right. But then, of course, if I'm in organizational life, I've no doubt got a team and then a department that I'm part of and maybe even a, a country, like organization, national organization that then might be part of a global organization. So when you talk about, like, paying attention to the systems like how do you hold the space for everything or do you literally focus on one at a time yeah that's a great observation yeah so it's 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 and and in a way so if, if we work with systems we would define a system and uh, and and there may also be conversations about the demarcations yeah is the one person in or out is the organization or a team mostly we work with teams because that's a natural unit of people right. to collaborate yeah uh, but there is there's a gift given that systems are interdependent mm. if you work start working with one system it can become an island of health so it can have ripple effects. So it becomes a microcosmos and can, can influence the other systems. So um, it, it is important to be aware of with which system you work and whether it's a lot, how you make the, the, the various distinctions. We talk about the system of me, the system of we, and the system of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, You can work with all of them, uh, provided you, you know uh, what it is. And... But it's the principles are basically the same. Mm, yeah. And, you know, just that idea, as I try and grasp hold of all of the systems mm. that I'm a part of, it's it's huge. Like, <laughs> it's almost too big to grasp in a way. So what I'd love to, like take you back down to the kind of the origins of, of systems inspired leadership and this work. I mean, how did it emerge in the world? Because it seems to me something that once you get it, it's very like, I don't know, it like I can't not see systems now in the world ever since I learned about systems leadership. And so I, I like I see the intangible, I see the connections between, I see the interconnectivity, which for us as change makers is, is a really important principle to grasp because what it means is what you're telling us as change makers is what we do or don't do in this world and who we be and become is really important to the system as a whole, yeah? It is, yeah, this is the ripple effect and you are a microcosmos and you can then, you can you can change, yeah? Well, what's it, uh, the, 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 the last straw that breaks the camel's back, but right. also the other way around, yeah? Right. And, and, and what I love about the origins of this work is that it's a product of emergence. It came through and uh, I, I I need to give a big credit to uh, Marita Frijon, my co-author, and also Faith Fuller. These are uh, a, a couple. They're also featuring in the book, by the way, uh, um, how they met each other and how, how the work was being informed. It was in the, in the, around the 2000s, and there was a lot of systems work. And, and basically, they wanted to make it practical. 
that's how it started. And then they created the organization relationship systems coaching. And that's a big hit. It was a hit then, and it's still a hit. I'm still amazed about that people people say, this is new, this is different. So, mm -hmm. so even 20 plus years later, it's still brand new and powerful. And like I said, it's so practical and every it works uh the, the stuff works yeah and, and to give you uh, something I, I said before about the competency of revealing yeah for me this was such a when i when i heard that wow the moment i reveal i i do an intervention for me really the penny dropped by making people aware of what's going on things are changing it is so easy, but the moment I, I did not realize that it made it really workable for me. And then we saw all these leaders in the in the in the classroom and said, "Yeah, you're talking. You make me. I, I'm. You make me a coach, but I'm not a coach. I'm a leader. Yeah, and and I have this background. I always was in leadership teams. So you see the emergence. Mm -hmm. And can I add something around that? Uh, yes, please. Yeah. Uh, so, and of course, this works. We're standing on on shoulders of giants, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, for example, Arnold Mendel is a is a big, big, big person. But then you get Carl Jung in, and 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 Jung is being informed by so many other people. It goes back to Taoism in a way. Um, but what what I find interesting of the story of Faith and Marita, and, and you will see it written in the book. They they were put together by 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 a person. And then they started to work with each other. And then this came out. Mm. And, and and Marita always says, it was not that we had a plan. We were, it, it, it looked as if we were called to do it. They, they also have a love relationship. Can you imagine that that was all needed to create this? But it, it was following breadcrumbs. And in a way, this book has been the same. I, I, I At a certain moment, I thought, this is what I, I want to try. So I, I wrote this email to Marita, Do you are you interested? And within one and a half hours, she said, yes, let's do it. Yeah. And the writing process took long, but the writing as such was done in a minute. There's a lot of things that need to be done. So, 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 so uh, that's the key thing of being systems inspired, that you are also aware that you are an instrument for something that the life force is getting through you and, uh, and you're serving something bigger you see bigger mm. that's a bigger system you're part of it you're being called to do something and uh, and that's what i so much love about about this approach and uh, about the power of it mm. and as you're speaking and you know i'm going to dare to go to this place which is i'm also hearing there's a higher level of consciousness. Like it's like there's a certain worldview, let's say, that would be attracted to this because of the way you're talking about the emergence. And, and it's almost like the, the systems inspires leadership is having its way with you <laughs> rather than it just being a product of, of like your mind, right? Or your intellect. That doesn't sound like the way you wrote the book. It sounds like it's emerging through you. And as you're talking, I'm also sensing that the people that will flirt with this, right, in your language, are those that have a certain worldview, a, a level of development or conscious development that enables them to, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't just say understand, but have a sense that there is something here 
that is so magical, so powerful, but it also kind of, and this is what I'd love to get your sense of, I think it's almost like we need to untether a little bit from lower levels of consciousness where, you know, I have to see it to believe it kind of belief systems to actually kind of embrace this. And I'd love to get your sense of what you think about consciousness and this work that you're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's lovely. And a lot of thoughts are coming through. Yeah. So but let me first say, I don't want to make this elitist. No, Not no, I agree. Um, and I, I think so. I did a, we did a lot of interviews for this book, and it said this this approach meets you where you are. Mm -hmm. So, and that's the the beauty of having tools, which is a kind of recipe: do this, do that, do that, do that, and and that draws people into a new way of being. And uh, this approach meets you where you are. And I think as a systems-inspired leader, and, and this morning I had even engagements about, about it and, and people asking the same questions because, yeah, are people, uh, can they do it? The thing is, you meet them where they are. Right. So that's a key skill. And, and not where they should be, you think they should be. And then, and then, then working with them and um, I think for me, that's that's a key thing around systems-inspired leadership, that it can take people to a different level of consciousness, but in a very, yeah, let's say, in everyone in its own way. And it can start with doing. That's also how the book has been framed. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. And and there, there's one, there, there, there are not many rules. There are no rules in the systems-inspired leadership space, but one, which is everyone is right partially i love that and that's a big one yeah it's four words how would the world look like if we could live according to this to this rule and yeah. that's the invitation for people yeah and i can see just how that one distinction that one belief alone like you just say could completely change the world because one of the biggest challenges I see when I look out into the world, you know, not just in organizational life, but beyond in, in life itself is how we deal with difference, how we deal with conflict, how we deal when we meet somebody who speaking the same like native language, but speaking a very different language because they have a very different belief set, a different worldview. Uh, and therefore that brings forward different things that they kind of really value, which might be different to what I value. And I think one of the biggest challenges for all of us, not just for leaders, is what do we do when we're confronted with that? So how does systems-inspired leadership help with that? It's to, to, to invite people to step into this uh, rule and that there's a lot of emphasis on 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 
is on empathy, on empathizing. Yeah. So, so one of the big tools is called the lens work. Yeah. So, mm. so, so for example, in an organization, you have different departments. You have the 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 manufacturing, and you have the finance, you have the HR, indeed, but also uh, the R and D department. And by definition, they are different. Yeah. R and D needs to disrupt. Uh, manufacturing would like it to stay as much status quo and create come to excellence. Yeah. yeah. And then there's this exercise that. That you're going to visit you, all these all these departments are seen as lands. Yeah, so let's step into this land. Yes, for example, let's go all to the R and D land, and the R and Ds go out. So what's it like in this land? How does it look like? What, what what's exciting about it? And also, what's difficult about it? And then also something like, what do they need from the others? You see that there's a lot of empathy uh, being being tapped. And, and 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 I think that skill will really help to really stand in other shoes yeah. and ultimately standing in the shoe of the system itself. Okay, now let's stand in the shoes of the organization, our land, yeah, our land. Let's take away all the boundaries. What's it like? What does it want? What is it trying to happen? What would we like to import from all these lands that's going to help us to meet the next challenge do you see how it's working there yeah yes i can and what's interesting here for me is i i'm hearing a little like walking in other people's shoes you know that's indigenous wisdom from many different cultures mm -hmm. is let's walk a mile in someone else's shoes but mm -hmm. when we do that and we embody it in the way you're describing there i mean the insights alone I really get now how you're talking about expanding people's kind of views on who they are and what's possible, because that's what you're, you're expanding their vision for what they can do. Yeah. And, and, and it's also building on that experience just to reflect yeah. about it. And, and, and there's, there's a lot of things around a higher consciousness, but Everyone wants to have a meaningful life, yeah? yeah, or have a sense of fulfillment. That's everyone can relate to it. So, so have a conversation about it. How was it special? How was it new? Uh, what does it remind you of? What would be possible if we do this more? And you see, this is a way to step for step help people to 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 cross edges and 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 invite them in this type of leadership. And this may not be going fast. Hopefully it will. Um, and there is something around. Some We are in a big phase of destruction right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So systems collapse. And that's yes. the only way new things come up. So, yeah, collapsing systems you cannot work with in a way. Yeah? <laughs> you better let them collapse. Yeah. <laughs> you choose your systems yeah. carefully. <laughs> right. But what I'm here, what I love about what you're describing is when, so this, this is my honest reaction. When I think of systems inspired leadership, it kind of sounds like a scientific methodology or something. Mm -hmm. But what you're describing, Frank, at its very essence is, is huge. Human, it's humanity. It's the human to human relational aspect, and meeting people where they are, and and looking at all these invisible connections in the. So I would use the word field, <laughs> in the fields that yeah. 
we don't often take notice of because it's like, you know, the fish swimming in the water. They don't know that the water's even there. And I believe, and this is where I'd love to get your sense. I believe that that's how we are with systems. We're so used to them that we, we don't always question them because they're just the water we swim in. <laughs> yeah. uh, lovely. You, you, you say that you therefore also see a revealing the system. Right. Right, yeah. Yeah. right. You talked initially already on this web of connections, this invisible yeah. uh, web of relationship. That's what it's all about, to yeah. see each other as humans, but also trust. I think that's what we often forget, yeah? So we think we can create the, the future yeah, by simply thinking about it, but it's actually life that is informing yeah. us. There's a life stream going through us through all of us, it wants to express its potential. Can we listen to it? And can we also listen to it collectively and then take it from there? And the, 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 the vulnerabilities, the, the failures uh, are part of it. And if you look at it from a bigger perspective, it's actually, uh, let, let everyone connect. Where did you learn most? It is when you were in a crisis, when things did not go well. It's part of the systemic evolution. Yeah. So going south is, is an important part. Can we be with that? And trust that it's okay. It will inform us for the next step, mm -hmm. for the next prototype. In that sense, a hugely innovative approach, this, uh, this systems-inspired leadership. Yeah. And human approach. Yes. And I can't help but think it also sounds a bit counterintuitive. And I'm saying that from the perspective of having been through like graduate school and business school <laughs> and all of that. And I'm just like, wow, like it's almost like because when I think about the leadership I I was taught like transformational leadership, situational leadership, all these different types of leadership, right? in my master's degree. And I think about those, but a lot of them were, were based on the autonomy of the individual, right? And it's like, I need to be confident and I need to know <laughs> so that I can be confident, right? And then I need to kind of bring my sovereignty into whatever I do, claim my credibility, my authority, and off we go kind of thing. Like, you know, high performance through my people, right? <laughs> and this is going back, of course, I'm showing my age a little bit. Yeah. But but what I'm what I'm hearing you talk about feels so important now today in this age like you've just described where we do have the destruction of systems systems we're viscerally aware now or become becoming aware of systems that are not working for the we right systems that are not working for the i sometimes it feels like they're just for the it or for a minority right that's what they've been built for mm. so how does this approach really help in these times and help leaders engage in the unknown you know and really I don't know stay together through all this complexity through all this uncertainty yeah, everything yeah. that's going on and it feels like it's it's got to be human hasn't it <laughs> yeah. no, that's lovely all the things you put forward <laughs> so many threats I could step in yeah let's let's first say 
this whole drive to become autonomous or authentic is powerful, beautiful, and it needs to mm. continue being it. Yes. And there's more. Yes. We, we are coming into an end-end phase uh, stage, yeah? It is uh, uh, both small and big. It's 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 all. It's it's so. How to be? Let's say systems inspired leadership wants you to move from an I culture to a we culture, but without throwing yourself away. Right. Because we have seen what devastations the we cultures can create. Mm -hmm. So this this strong authentic self is really important. My sense is that the strongest contribution you can make for a we culture is to really let your own voice hear as much as you can. Mm. Because that's the biggest contribution you can do. That's your wisdom. And then the invitation is if it's going different than you thought or the system wants to go somewhere else, can you then follow or adapt or maybe quit? That's also possible. But can you then see, okay, let me become more one with this whole. And uh, and, and I think that's the next evolution uh, in, in the, also the leadership development, uh, mm -hmm. uh, moving away from uh, the authenticity. Yeah, you also see it with uh, Keegan and LaHaye, these yeah. models, yeah? So from self-authoring to uh, self-transformation. Uh, so so that, that's the step we are now in, and systems-inspired leadership. Is, is 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 one more expression of that 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 desire or this mm. that willingness in the system to emerge so i do want to ask an, another question which is mm. what's the cost to an individual and maybe to the organization too when when there is an individual who doesn't fit or doesn't resonate with the system in which they find themselves within yeah, the cost, yeah, it's not so easy to quantify that immediately right. in dollars. Um, but the invitation is to see what's the wisdom. So in the in the relationship systems approach, we say what could be the 2% truth of this person? And if the logical reaction is as a kind of immune system, you put the thing out, uh, you can ask this, the question, so what can we not live with here? So... And, and, and it could well be that that's the, the solution, yeah, that the person is not there. But it is starting to reflect about it. Because the reality is that the people in the margins, the marginalized voices, often bring the seeds for the things that, that need to emerge and are new. So be, be careful to throw that away too quickly. Does that answer your question, uh, Jane? I think so. Yeah, because I'm just getting the sense, and and I, I I'm I'm talking about this from lived experience in a way. When maybe as a consultant, I've worked within an organizational system that you know, I suppose we're we're trying to change. Maybe there's this one leader who's championing a new way, and we're in a department, and 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 it's like you said that becomes like this island of health. But the wider system of the organization isn't on the same page. And I've seen the visceral kind of cost that that brings to the individuals and to the team when there's so much conflict around them, but also they're confined by the wider system and yet they're trying to change it from the inside out. And, and it can be done. And I've absolutely seen that happen. But I've also seen 
the toll that it can take on people while they're trying to, and I'm not going to say fight the system, but that's often how they describe it. That's what what I've heard my clients say, um, because it feels quite combative in a way. The dissonance can feel exhausting. It can feel overwhelming. And that's where I, you know, in a way it's, uh, that's what I was thinking about when I was thinking about the cost, I think. Yeah. in many ways that, that, that is, and like you say that can happen but it can also be an inspiration for other yeah. departments and then, yes. then replicate but you see that if it's not working for people people will go out and what's going to happen with those organizations yeah. if it's so toxic how, how, how capable are they to, to face all the challenges so ultimately they may die so and, and there, there is something, a systems-inspired leadership is really for networks. So a, a non-hierarchical model, it will flourish much more naturally. Uh, absolutely. And that's maybe uh, the, the the way we will go. Um, yeah. And, then and that's I'm... also how we all work together uh, uh, when, right. we were, when we were uh, in early days. Yeah. It's so fascinating because this is a conversation that's been alive uh, for uh a number of my clients in the last few years, uh, which is, and, and this is what I want to ask you about systems inspired leadership, like, where's the power in that? And I'm saying that from the perspective that, you know, we're used to hierarchical power in organizational life. You know, we're used to there's people at the top, there's people in the middle, <laughs> there's people at the bottom. And we, and that's kind of a norm of behavior. And yet, it's not the only way to structure an organization. So like, how does power play in? Yeah. Now, normally there will be a governance structure. Right. And yeah, there, there, there should be. And, and also systems-inspired leader can be have the power. And, uh, and, and that's okay because decision needs to be taken. And there's certainly not an advocacy to do things based on consensus. The, the input model is really important. It is also the responsibility then of a systems-inspired leader to take a decision, even if not everyone is maybe favoring it. Uh, the key thing is, do you use your power respectfully? Mm. The moment you're going to misuse it, abuse it, then and that touches to what you say, the right relationship between people. Right. Right. So if you have the power, can you use it for the benefit of the whole? Oh, that's lovely. Yes. Oh, I'm so like every every cell in my body just cheered when you said that. <laughs> so interesting. That yeah. is that is a being question. Yes. Yeah. To combine power with love. Yeah. That's maybe one of the biggest challenges leaders have. How, how, and love is also the empathy. And can we connect? Mm -hmm. But I think it's possible because it gives so much fulfillment and meaning. Yeah. So I've got to ask you, what is this work, the systems-inspired leadership, what is it in service of for you? What's it about for you? Yeah, basically, this is making it me again. So this is, for me, this is my sense of fulfillment, my 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 ripple in the poems, so to say. So, um, so I know this stuff works. I know this changes the lives of people. It is powerful. It is needed. Now it's on offer. And 
let's see what happens with it. What's trying to happen? What what wants to emerge? And uh, I, I I I love to be engaged with it. It gives my life uh, fulfillment and, and meaning, and uh, and uh, and I, I don't need anything more at this mm. stage. So when you look out into the world, Frank, and I have come back to you now, but as you look out into the world, I mean, what is your vision for a better world? Because it seems to me that, you know, the kind of work that we do as change makers is always in service of better, right? It's in service of something, a vision for something else, because of course we're change makers. So we're bringing change in service of something. So when you look out into the world today and then you project into the future, I mean, what's your hope for the world and for leaders? Yeah, I I, I really hope we can better deal with all the differences that are there and that we really become very sensitive for the different realities people have and have respect for it. And then based on that, uh, go for benefit of of the whole, the whole system. And there's there's still so much, our our world is so much driven by our own interests, whether it's our own group or our own country. No, what what, what would be good for the whole if we can make that transition? And I think the world, mankind is, is ready to make that step. Mm. Uh, who's the writer who said mankind is in the adolescence phase? Yeah, right. it needs to move on. I think this is this is part of it. It may not be an easy uh, process, but I, I that's my vision that uh, that it becomes a bit uh, a mature adult uh, mankind. And what do you feel is the role of leadership in that evolution that you're describing? Yeah, like 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 you said, leadership is the role of the system. So, so it's for all of us to step in the leadership and also in the followership, one way or another, in service of this bigger whole, and being and 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 and, and let's say my invitation to everyone is to connect. What is your bigger goal? What is your calling? Connect with that and do that. Like like I've been sharing the things that I was called to and trust that it's okay. And I have maybe a naive idea. If we all do that, then it will tip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. I really do. Um, and I'd love to know, I mean, how do leaders respond to your work? I mean, is there an appetite for this work in Europe? Yes, yes, there is. Uh, I have to say that... Um, there's there's much more resonance at this stage with the change makers so 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 that's a really powerful uh, group the leaders that are adopting this the first thing is that there's a sense of relief that's the one of the biggest benefits it's it's really the burden falls off their shoulders Mm. their team is not a burden anymore but a resource that's what we notice most leadership becomes lighter and it's easier, and uh, and also I hear a lot. It makes me more confident. Uh, I have more tools how to work with it, but it's still pioneering, Jane. Mm. It's pioneering. Yeah, and as you speak there, you know, I I I hear the value not just in in like leadership and professional life, but also like in life, because yeah. it seems to me like you're talking about life skills, like. 
And, and this relational aspect of life, if I can get a better understanding of myself in relationship to other people in my life, that's truly beneficial and a relief in itself, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, that's also when I started these ORS courses, I noticed there is something in the way people relate that is extraordinary. And it's beyond niceness because it's also possible to have the tough conversations. Right. Um, but uh, that's where I got a sense of, hey, I'm coming home. Yeah. And that's what I hear a lot from people following the, the courses. They say, I, I thought I was doing a, a, a coach training, but it's actually uh, changing my life. Fabulous. Oh, my gosh. Frank, thank you so much for our conversation today. And I just want to ask you one final question. Like, um, if there's something that you wanted to share with our audience today, something that maybe we haven't covered, or maybe it's some final words of wisdom for people listening, what might it be? No, I, I have already said it, yeah. So an invitation for everyone to, to listen truly to your calling. Mm. Because know your calling is an expression of something bigger that wants you to be the vehicle for. Listen to that and trust that it's okay. Your ripple really counts and make that ripple. Oh, I love that. Thank you so elegantly stated. Frank, thank you so much for stopping by the Sacred Changemakers podcast. I have loved every second of our conversation today and I know our listeners will have learned a lot from you. So thank you so much. Welcome. Thank you. Okay, guys, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Now, before we go, I want to remind you that all the resources and the links for our guests are in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. A big thank you to the members of Coaches Business School who are our podcast sponsors and our extended community who are helping us to make a global impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, all visible on our website. And if you're looking for more soul in life and business, if you have a sense that you have a calling, maybe you're here to make a bigger impact or simply connect with others on your change-making journey. If our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. Again, you can find out more at sacredchangemakers.com. So for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your listening. Thank you for your intention and efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time. Lots of love.